get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. gentlemen welcome to this it's another episode of screwdriver with a twist i'm not pete he's danny ace and tell you something lads i've got some fucking big news dan have you got any social media yeah i uh, i finally have a twitter <laughs> he's ruined my he's ruined my jokes four episodes in five if you include the pilot he's got unspoiled my one thing I look forward to every time is saying, Dan, do you have any social media? He says no. And then I can tell you all about how my social media exists and his doesn't. Ah, uh, anyway, so yeah. So, um, yeah, bloody hell. I couldn't believe it. And the thing is, do you, know, do you know the worst part? The worst part is that you got your Twitter the day after we recorded the last episode. And it's just like... Yeah, that was so timing on my part. It's the, do you want to put it in or do I save it for this one? It's the, uh... <laughs> It's probably better to save it because at least now there is something on there. It's not nothing interesting. It's just you know mostly stuff that he's posted. But it's going to say so far looking down your your Twitter feed, it's just things that I've posted that you've retweeted. Much, <laughs> as, it yeah. was, as it was always going to be, wasn't it? I was, I was so proud when I got it and I I, I retweeted something that you said and I, I I messaged you straight away. I was like, I did a Twitter. Mm-hmm. There you are. How old are you? Remind me how I know old, what I'm doing. Remind me how old you are. Too. Yeah, down down with those kids. <laughs> I can do technology. <laughs> uh, Here's a fun fact. Speaking of that, though, my mum had Twitter before I did, and I've had Twitter for X amount of years, a long, long time. You know, I've, I've over over a thousand tweets or things. But my mum had Twitter before me. That's nuts. That's I, just I, just a fun fact for you there, folks. I, I've met your mum. She's far more entertaining than you are. Yeah, so that's, that's surprise. Absolute fact, isn't it? So yes. Social media. So you saw in the uh, things the, the name graphics there. We've both got Twitter. Um, of course, I have Instagram. And uh, Mark Mark Pearson Wrestling Reviews is also there. I must say, while we're talking about social media, is a big big thank you to Jay Hunter of OSW fame who uh, retweeted and quoted um, the last episode. What a fucking superstar he was! So that got a ton of traction for us. That was really, really nice. Must say, as, as we did last time, um, Sam Agar did our little intro cartoon there. Absolutely. I've had some really good feedback about that as well. Sort of like a guy I spoke to today was telling me about how much he enjoyed the last episode and how much he liked that. So that's really good. And of course, my brother, he did the uh, intro music. Um, I'm in the hot seat again this week. Dan's got the topic for me. And it's another one of those ones where I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. So, once again, brother... Hit me with that good stuff. This one, and you're just going to play the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music. Yeah, because it's a running joke that I really like, even though if no one else, I haven't had a single comment on about it at all. It just, I did it once on a whim and it made me laugh. 
and I was like, right, I'm putting that in every single episode from now on. If there's a question, because there are episodes coming up, as we know about wrestling video games, for example, there's no point doing it on that one. If there's a question, I'm putting it on until we get copyright strikes, so we can't do it. When we do a live one of these, we'll have to have like an option for you to ask the audience or phone a friend when I do some questions for you, but yeah. <sighs> All right, moving on. Okay, so you didn't actually need to, to research this topic or nothing because it's something oh, we already know a lot about and are passionate about. I want to talk about promos. Okay. Promos and vignettes. Uh, the ones that work, the ones that didn't, some of your favorite ones, the best ones in the business that we still talk about now. Um, what makes a good promo and why are they so important? I've always subscribed to the Mick Foley school of promos, which is that um, if you act like your opponent is a loser, who have you beat? If you beat him, who have you beaten? Well, you've beaten a loser. Great, big deal. But if you lose, you've lost to a loser. That's even worse. So a good. Oh, he's gone. He's gone again. Well, he's <laughs> back. <laughs> you'll you'll see on the finished recording. You'll you've disappeared. <laughs> so a good promo. It's been fine up until this point. Yeah, it really has as well, hasn't it? None of the technical difficulties you normally have. A good promo has got to build up your opponent. So a great a line, for example, is you know something like Danny Ace. I know you're a great wrestler. You're one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. But you're not as good as me. So I put you over, but I don't... If I... Danny Ace, you are a shit wrestler. And I'm going to kick your ass. It's like, right, so when you, if I do beat Dan, which I never did. Well, I did 3-2 to me, actually, now I think about it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if I say that promo, and then say... And then, you know, so who have I beaten? Well, I've beaten a shit wrestler. So it doesn't do anything for either of us. Whereas if I say, do you remember... One of the promos I actually cut on you back in EBW was where I said um, that Danny Ace, you remind me of a younger me. And I cut, went on a big tangent about how you, know, you like weapons and you like violence and you're not afraid to take it too far. Rather, And one day I think you'll be the UBW champion, but not tonight because we were having a title versus title match. And that, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a good promo has got to do that sort of thing. You've got to build up your opponent because just burying them, you know, and reaming off of a stream of swear words means nothing it, it's it just yeah. it just it well it, i say it just buries someone and that's how do you make money if you bury someone who's going to pay to see you beat up a nobody you know i mean we we, we spoke about and i agree with that completely but we, we we spoke about um in a previous i don't know if you released it as bonus footage if you haven't done so now you will have to but about the the best build-ups um to, to i think wrestlemania matches and you think about the promos and the austin and the rock promos and stuff what are some of the promos that you remember that made you really want to see the match okay. when it happened? What are some of the ones that really stood out to you? I mean, something that I, I can... I'll come back to it later is um, when uh, Mick Foley did the, the Kane Dewey uh, oh, yeah. promos. Kane Dewey. Kane Dewey. Dewey Foley is a three-year-old boy. You sick sons of bitches! You ripped out my heart! You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet! You flushed my heart! You flushed my soul! And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake! 
And it, it, to me, it didn't. I can't even remember if that was for a match or whatever. I remember the promo, but I just remember that the 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 passion and the anger that he had in regards to that and it made such a good promo that you can still watch it now and think yeah he got it right mm. you think about austin king of the ring you know, the, the way that, that that propelled him into you know main event status and everything like that what are some of the promos that really stood out to you that to this day you still remember you still look upon and say yeah they got it right so um to your first point ask if you go I'm gonna have to do this. In, in the description down below, there's a link to the playlist that all of these are in. If you click on that, there is a bonus episode in there. Okay, I put it online. It was it was it was the aborted episode three, and it's WrestleMania best uh, build-up package. Best yeah, best 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 WrestleMania build-ups that aren't Austin versus Rock from WrestleMania 17 because that's a given. Um, so it's only about 20 minutes long and it's, 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 it's on there as a one day we won't be able to record for whatever reason there's a spare episode so if you want to see that go and talk go on that one so on that episode I'm going to rip a thing from that I did on that one because the first one that came into my head is on that episode we talked about Wrestlemania 18 and it's The Rock versus Hulk Hogan and it's the promo where Hogan's in the ring now here before I go on I've got to say if I get this wrong don't tell me in the comments because I don't care because it's already been recorded fuck it yeah, that sort of thing. So Hogan's in the ring, in the ring, and he's saying about how he used to do. He was a big star of the WWE, and then the fans turned on him. And there'll never be a, a never be a, anyone in wrestling bigger past or present than the, than Hulk Hogan. And then the rock music hit, and you're like, oh my god, this is going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen. And he proceeds to cut that promo where it's you talk about headlining WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. How do you feel about headlining one more WrestleMania with the Rock? And it's to this day, if I watch that, I get chills up my up and down my arms. I'm like, yep, want to see that match right now because that is going to be fucking incredible the rock will say this about you hollywood hulk hogan you are without a shadow of a doubt a legend you are without a shadow of a doubt an icon quite possibly the best ever and seeing as you are back in the WWF because of Vince McMahon, The Rock has one thing to say. You talked about headlining, main eventing, WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Well, Hulk Hogan, The Rock says, how do you feel about headlining one more WrestleMania with The Rock? Oh my God! The Rock has, has challenged Hogan! He's challenged Hogan for WrestleMania! Oh my gosh! Um, another one that comes to my mind that's, that makes you really want to see the match is, do you remember in the build-up to the... Now, again, I'm going to get it wrong, so help me out if you, if you can't get it down. I'm, oh, you know, don't, don't tell me in the comments, because me. But um, it's either the street fight between Mick Foley and Triple H at Royal Rumble 2000, or it's the Hell in a Cell. I can't remember which one it is, but it's where... It's where... It must, it must be before the Rumble. It's where Mankind metamorphoses into Cactus Jack. Yeah, and it's the so you've got you know mankind. He's lost lost the street. He's lost a street fight, and he's comes out and he you know, he's meant to be facing. You know, it's already set up that he's meant to be facing uh, Triple H. It's not a street fight. He he had, he, had a, he had a match where he'd lost, and he's saying you know that um, he's basically saying that he I, I, I mankind I I can't face you. In a, in a street fight at the Royal Rumble, and then all he does, all he does is take off his, take open his shirt up. But I know someone who can, and 
what makes it really special. It, it, it normally is a great promo, but when it's Triple H's face, because he yep. he could sell it like it's a, he sells the promo. It's yeah, exactly. He sells it like it's a who the f- he could have sold it like and. But he sells yep. it like it's the second coming of the fucking devil. And he's like, yeah, they're all yep. my fucking... God. And of course, everyone in the arena knows, and the, commentary, the commentators put it over like, this is, this is massive. This is huge. But I think the WWF fans deserve a substitute in that match. A substitute? He's chickening out? What I'm going to do, Triple H, is I'm going to name him right now. As a matter of fact... I think you know the guy. Uh-oh. Oh, no. No, no, no! And I think you know him pretty damn well. His name is Cactus Jack. And his first official act as part of the WWF is to kick your teeth all over the city of Chicago. Cactus Jack is back! Cactus Jack is back and he's He's a dangerous human being! Cactus Jack after Triple H! And here we go! Cactus Jack hammered away on the WWF champion! Get out of there, game! Nick Foley is more vicious, more dangerous than ever, King! Cactus Jack, that referee! Yeah, so... That that that, that t- off the top of my head, or two, I'm sure. While you are telling me yours, I will think of another one. I really like it when, um, as I mentioned before, with the Kane Dewey and, and Austin three sixteen. I really like it when it's over by cutting a promo that enhances their character because mm. you be feel drawn to the character and, and you think. Uh, you know, so when it was like. Uh, Cactus Jack talking about it for Kate, like doing the Kane Dewey promo and Austin doing the Austin 316 one. The one that, that the ones that I, and this goes to the, the kind of the vignette kind of thing that I want to talk about because we'll hear about the spin the wheel later. But what I'll, <laughs> what I'll, uh, I'll get to at the moment is the, um, the promos Austin did in ECW. Oh, yeah. Um, when he first got there, um, you know, how he got fired by WCW and how he, uh, you know, basically didn't get to climb the ladder. He did the whole uh, bongo mongo thing, Monday Night Will. Oh you know, those things. It, it's you know, it's him being him, and it got him over uh, an attraction in that sense. Um, I think promos are very important in the development and enhancement of a character because it lets them communicate with the audience without performing in the ring. If that makes sense, and you're laughing at me, so it's going to be something you're going to say. No, just just thought of one. I, I, I... I thought my thought process went. Please say, please say you're going to do the, the spin the wheel, make the deal vignette. Oh, well, it's, it's it's on the list. It needs to come up. But it, it, it's, it's one of your favourites. It just it yeah. comes up in every conversation we have these days, isn't it? You think about radio? Will you? I always say it the wrong way around as well, don't I? It's always I do it this time around. It's always it's it's it's. I always say it as you think I'm afraid of you. Think I'm afraid of some wheel. But it's absolutely because I said as I said, we, I said it to Dan the other day. Like, isn't this fucking great? Yeah, but after, it's the whole thing. after we recorded the gimmick one, it's there because it's because Jake's so good in it. And you know his but selling. the whole thing is just such. A, I mean, it, it's it's so it's so nineties in its way that it's put together. It's cheat him the one-eyed midget, amazing. That's right, that's right, brutal, brutal. You see on the wheel, there's a cage match. 
There's a barbed wire match. There's a death match. Oh, there might even be a mystery match. But you see, the deal is, man, you got to step up and spin that wheel. Once you spin it, where it stops, that's what you and I are going to do. And what happens? Well, we both go in the ring. One man comes out. The other? <laughs> well, no. You think I'm afraid of some wheel? You think I'm afraid of you? He's just right. So anyway, what I was laughing yeah. at is it's not spin the wheel, mate. The devil, believe it or not. It's I, I went. So my my I, I, in my head, I went. Wonder how Dan feels about comedy promos, and then that set me off down the road of the Rock in 1999 because some of the promos, you know, the, the big show, they, they made me chuckle. But I was thinking about the one where he. It's the opposite of what I was saying before about putting someone over. Do you remember the one I get we did against Billy Gunn? Because oh, yeah. it just, I, I was thinking, because I was thinking about you know, what are your favorite rock promos? And the thing is, I, I love The Rock. I, I've, I've said on this series that how much I love The Rock, but so many of his promos are just destroying someone. There is no comeback from the, my name's Billy, it doesn't matter what your name is promo. That is incredible. And it pop, you pop so hard, but at the same time, as, a, as an adult wrestling fan, you come to it and just go, yeah, but you have just. Buried Billy Gunn. I don't want to see you face Billy Gunn because I know you're going to absolutely batter the guy. You know, it's just, there's no way Billy Gunn can beat the Rock at SummerSlam. Not a chance. And what's well, so that? Is it kiss my ass match? Well, great. You're going to be kissing the Rock's ass then. Yeah. How do how do you feel about how do you feel about comedy promos like that? One top of the list has got to be the Rock's one at Armageddon 2000, Jesus just Christ. where he he picks apart his opponents by you know just drinking milk. You know, um, it does the Austin Backstreet Boys thing, and you know, the get, you know, and uh, you know, yeah, it's just it, 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 again, it gets him over at the expense of his opponents, Absolutely. but it's still very entertaining. That's the thing is, it's, it's where do you draw the line at something like that? Because, like, when you said about the Austin one, the Monday Night Quill one, that's hilarious. It's obviously, oh, him, it's obviously yeah. Austin is venting his real life frustration. About getting fired from WCW, but at the same time, it is so funny, so entertaining. So, um, yeah, what the other one where I wanted to go with that one? What about um, what about the first, what about Jericho's first night in the WWF? Didn't The Rock make fun of him for that? As Just well? a little bit, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They had a yeah. really good verbal yeah. I mean, sparring thing, and I think when I watch it now, I think Jericho didn't come out of that looking great. I mean, he did. He was able to hang with The Rock, but at the same time, Rock just buried him yeah but I, I wouldn't have had Jericho come out to the rock but again that, that's yeah no that's uh, I, I don't it's just because you look forward to Jericho's like debut and everything and then you when you even when you watch it back and you because you know what's going to happen mm. countdown to the millennium and everything and then it gets to the stage where it's just like oh yeah he's going out there against the rock it's just yeah How I you... mean he could have put it against anybody else how do you feel about um, At that time, but... how do you feel about shoot promos? So like my the one that people will come up with is CM Punk's pipe bomb, for example. Hey Colt Cabana, how you doing? Brilliant. Brilliant. I was gonna ask you, do you feel that promos are now too scripted? Which kind of falls on the back of what you think about shoot promos, because shoot promos I think are good because again, it's the person expressing how they feel. The promos that we loved, the promos we've talked about already, how many of them have been heavily scripted? Probably none of them, in in the sense that they they were probably all came from the person performing them. 
at least to my knowledge. But in the sense of, you know, again, we always go back to mod- talking about modern day and what we don't like about it, but... We're old, old men. Why do you think there's... <laughs> uh, why do you think... Um, they're so scripted now, and do you think that it's it takes away from the, the depth of the character who's delivering it? I okay, that's a that's a lot of questions. So if I miss any, please let me know. Um, okay, so I'm a believer that um, a promo should be talk about your this this is your opponent. This is when your match is happening. Go, you and it literally should be able to put on the spot. And say, Danny Ace at Salvation, blah blah blah, and off we go. For example, um, I, 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 I think one of the things that you're always going to get with a wrestling promo that is scripted to every inch of its life is mm. um, is there's no there's never going to be any spontaneity. So you mentioned before about Austin and the three sixteen thing. Right? What did he? Yeah. What? What? What did he get told beforehand? He went up to well, Michael. Jake, he went to, went to Michael Hayes and said, "What did Jake say?" Jake mentioned yeah. his religion. That's it. That's all. That's all he's got. So, so what do you already know? Yeah. I've won King of the Ring. Jake talked about his religion. Go. That's all he's going on. So you've got to make it up. You've got to be quick. He. But don't forget as well. He didn't just say Austin three sixteen in that promo. Yeah. How did he end it? He ended it by saying, "That's the bottom line," because Stone Cold says it. That for the first time, he got two fucking yeah. promo. He got two money lines out of one fucking promo. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. That was yeah. that will never ever ever happen if everything that comes out of your mouth is scripted. On I'm recording this, we're recording this on the fifteenth of March on the latest episode of Botchamania that went live yesterday. Right, they talked about this this um, promo that Crime Time did over here in the UK on an episode of Raw. Okay, and they were talking about um, they were doing these things, money, money, yeah, yeah. I think is what they use Crime Time used to say, and they and they go money, money, yeah, yeah, and the crowd are all chanting along with them, yeah, and then they go all those euros, all those euros, and the crowd just stops dead and starts booing them. And basically, the, both the, both the both the crime time guys backstage going, you know, they don't use euros right over here. It's, it's pounds. Like, just look, here's your promo, do as you fucking told. And like, yeah, but no, the yeah. thing is, but they don't use euros. We're gonna get, we're gonna look stupid. And it's so, but so of course, it's a job, you know, do as you're fucking told. So they go out, they say all those euros, they get booed out of the place because that's not what we fucking use in the UK. The, yeah, the, you can, you're never, ever, ever, ever gonna get any spontaneity. Out of it and think about well, it. It's just that the, the Austin ones means that you get it, just takes one little thing, it just takes one line, one catchphrase to get over. Look at how many fucking catchphrases did the rock spew out. How many of those were invented yeah. for him? You know, um, was it you or was it someone else who said, um, you know, when you're coming up with like a, a, a line or something to sell your character, imagine what you're going to say on a t shirt? Yeah, that's a great that, I don't think that's one that I said, but that's a great way of doing it. Yeah. So would you wear something that says says you know Pimpe whatever the line is? So how many just bring it t-shirts did you own? <laughs> Pimping ain't easy. Come on! But again, it got over. I'm sorry. It was a- on my on this day on, you know, on, on your memories on your memories on Facebook. There's a picture on my on today, fifteenth of March, from a few years ago, wearing my Pimping ain't easy t-shirt with a great big smile on my face. Like, dude, you paid money for that. <laughs> 
But I mean, that's the, that's the thing, though. You still paid money for it because it was oh, yeah. something that you know you you bought into. I believe that was it. I, I came up. I I I for my for my for myself. I came up with a catchphrase. There was one of those. Yeah. You know, no one else, no fucker else did it in UBW. Still, a UBW champion. Remember, people. Remember it well. The name of the game is pain. It's one of those. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. You, if you've got something like that, you can put it on. Like you just said, put it on a t-shirt. You make your money. It's a business. Yeah. You never. If something. I mean, you're. You were so happy. I need to tell this story. Please so for, for ages, Mark wanted uh, an Austin three sixteen shirt, and he was saying to me, "This was last year." He was saying, "I've never had an Austin three sixteen shirt, or the year before, whenever it was." And um, yeah, I got him one for his birthday, and he wore it for like three days. I was, I was so happy with that. But the yeah. point is that you know you wore it because it was Austin three sixteen. So stunned, I was like, "Yeah," because Dan's got we've yeah. we've got a habit of getting each other stupid birthday presents. You got a spoon one year because of um, a comic because of Kevin Nash's thing, he called someone on one time. He called someone on an episode, no, on a pay per view or an episode of Nitro, a big goofy spoon, and I took that to heart from our review. Going, dude, I mean that's that's a bit much, isn't it? And I started calling people spoons, so I got down a big goofy spoon. That's a birthday present. But yeah, when we get when Dan, when Dan gave me the uh, Austin three sixteen shirt, I was made up. I, and like I said, I wore it for three days in a row. Like, yep, I'm not going to wear anything else. Just my Austin three sixteen shirt. But of course, then you've got to wear it. Then you've got to. If you wear it outdoors and you've got to explain to someone, so um, what does Austin 316 mean? It's like, um, how do you explain that? Okay. <laughs> oh, but with that, how many people, if you're worn around like school or if you go to, you know, a, a music gig, for instance, where you wear an Austin 316 shirt, they know exactly who it is. They know exactly what it is and why you're wearing it. They know you're a wrestling fan. They know who Steve Austin is. Yep. You know? Yep. Oh, yeah. And the amount of. Let's bad t-shirts We've, that are out there where it's the okay explain that one to a non-wrestling fan here. I, I i just can't i will put there are examples on the screen right now unfortunately if you're listening to this on spotify unlock it <laughs> what about hogan's promos i was just gonna ask you um because damn it the thing is that that's you know never mind right so you, you want to ask about hogan's promos okay go for it no oh, i just i think that you know, I mean, they always came across like he'd had the biggest bag of coke in the world. Like, seriously, I'm going to do, like, the largest line that I can fucking get inside me. But, oh, God, the charisma was so undeniable that it was just, like, it's magic. defending, but there are those right now that are questioning whether you can withstand the big man. I don't care about those people, man. I don't care about those people that aren't stark raving Hulkamaniacs. I could care less what they think. I'm fighting for life, brother. I'm fighting for all those people that have remolded their lives, man. Modeled after Hulkamania. Get their priorities in order, man. Walk around with a lot of pride. And as far as those people that are on Andre the Giant's side, I wish they'd come on down, too. I'd like to slap them around just for a warm-up. But I've already gone through my transformation, man. I'm ready for Pontiac, Michigan. I'm not the Hulk anymore. I'm the Hulkster, man. Look into my eyes, man. Hulk Hogan. I'm on that mountaintop. Back off, little man. I'm on that mountaintop, and I'm waiting for you, Andre. And I'm guarding that mountain. And the Hulkster that's guarding has got a 32-inch neck, a 64-inch chest, the largest arms in the world. And I'm geared to seek and destroy. Seek and destroy the cancer of Andre the Giant. Seek and destroy the Weasel's empire. And what you gonna do, Andre? 
in Pontiac, Michigan, when Hulkamania destroys you. We just said about the t-shirt thing. How many Hogan t-shirts sold in the 80s? Like, you know, because the character, you know, and he got all promos. His matches, 90% of them were all the same. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. So his character is what got him over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then, of course, then, the guy. then you have the opposite of the, uh, like, for example, the Ultimate Warrior, where, yeah. to this day, I can watch one of his promos and still not have a fucking clue what he's talking about, but again, the charisma. We talk about this so often in this series. If you've got charisma, doesn't matter if you can't talk, doesn't matter if you can't work, to be honest, but if you've got that it factor, bam. Yeah. Yeah, and, and let me do, like, I was going to go, because we, we spoke about WWE and a little bit about WCW. I was, uh, ECW, I was going to go into the WCW uh, promo thing now, and I was going to ask you about uh, Hogan's wonderful segue, because I was going to ask you about the NWO promos, uh, the black and white ones, and the, the way that they were shot and how different they were. And, yeah. you know, when you watched them, what did, what did you think of them? Didn't watch them at the time, of course. So it was whenever when I did go around to watch them, it was all like, wow, this is really, really different, isn't it? Um, yep. Just, I mean, the, the, the Hogan heel turn one. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, really, yeah, really fun. clever. Really well yeah. done. Um, yeah, the NWO ones, especially the first, the Ozoli vignettes, they were so different to like, anything that you'd seen. Mm. Um, I, I and they just worked. They, they represented what exactly what Bischoff wanted from from his performers, which was, you know, if WWE is going to be cartoony, we're going to be. Hmm. It really kind of brought out the the best in. I mean, I think we've 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 said and we've agreed before that the best versions of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, were the ones in WCW hmm. uh, when they were around the the NWO um, in its beginning stages. Those promos helped a lot with that because Nash isn't the best promo. No isn't the best promo but as a, a a faction as the nwo you believe that they were really really good and it got them over add hogan to that and hogan's heel turn you know that's that's that first one that, that hall draws in 96 when you, you do it was a nitro is fantastic in all of the ways yeah. it's so and we still talk about we we still do the, the where's the natural man we you know, we do we, we throw that one in all the time don't we i love that that's absolutely yeah. fucking brilliant really really great how do you feel about jericho's 1004 holds promo yeah hilarious i love it i love how they cut to like an ad break and come back and he's still talking it's genius it's, it's so well done and it's just one of those things that, again, you know, I've got the, um, when it came out, I got the the Best of Nitro thing, uh, DVD, that uh, DUP's um, oh, the rating. Yeah, I yeah. Um, just, uh, I remember reading that, that is on there, and I was like, that's the selling point. I need that. Because <laughs> it's just, it's so good. It's so well done. And it's just Jericho being Jericho. Uh, you know. <laughs> Dean Malenko. <laughs> you say you're the man yeah. of a thousand holds, but I've counted you've got about 60. Well, I've got a whole thousand and four. I'm going to for you right now. <laughs> That's so good. And then, like you say, he comes back from the ad break, like and then he gets to his turn. He's like, my holds, my holds. He's got them on fucking yeah. printer paper, and there's a stack like this Hasn't big. Got, like security. <laughs> Getting them to carry him out. Like... Well, there's no need for that at all. Getting security. Oh, no, right. Not a Jericho fan, but um, <laughs> the 
yeah, he had like the the next guy. I think, and this is just me being, you know, this this, this is our get a hobby moment of the evening. I think it's Prince Iakea has a match right after, or it might have been the match he had against him, and he's like waiting in the ring for the next match to start, and Jericho's still doing the the list. I think that's what happens, but yeah, it's so brilliantly done, and um, it's just one of, again a funny thing, you know, funny promo. It works. But that's Jericho again, Jericho's character. Mm. So. So what about right? Let's let's spin it around so we can talk about a funny one. Um, one of the ones that I really love, and it always dis- it came from a few that disappointed me in the end. But do you remember the oh gosh the fucking show Texas in this this Tuesday in Texas from nineteen ninety one one, and it's it's the Jake Roberts Randy Savage build up. Um, yeah. So, be- yep. so they're meant to be having a match. They're, they're going to be having a match. Sorry. Before the match, you get a ridiculously good Jake Roberts promo, and it's the um, of course. Oh my god! It's so brilliant in all the ways. Jake Roberts, the big decision from President Jack Tunney: there will be no reptile allowed in your corner. Now, earlier I saw the Macho Man and his lovely bride Elizabeth. Randy Savage is wired to the max. He cannot wait to get you into the ring. So what? As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. Randy Savage, the last time I seen you, you were flailing like some helpless child, drowning. Drowning from what? Drowning from the very poison that was running through your veins after that snake had chewed on that arm. For some time he did chew. Now you look at my eyes, Randy Savage, and you see two black holes in the sky. But you look at that snake eyes and you'll see something so cold and so devilish and so deliberate. Yes, he takes care of what he has to, does what he has to, just like me. Your eyes, your eyes weren't even there, man. You were out, you were gone. But you know whose eyes I enjoyed the most? (laughs) Do you? Elizabeth's. Pupils so small, so intent, so scared for the man that she loved. And what a rush I got, man. Up and down my back, it felt so good. My hair felt like it was tingling. I mean, I had goosebumps all over my body listening to you squeal for a man that could not do anything but flail around and couldn't help himself at all, you know? And see the thing about Jack Tunney barring the snake from the corner. Let me tell you something, Jack Tunney. When I was brought into this world, I could not rob I could not steal, I could not lie, I couldn't even cheat. But boy, did I have some help learning. You have taught me so well. So you see, it is not my fault anything that I do out there. You have given me the right to. You have almost pushed the button to make me do it. You have pulled the trigger. So anything that I do is your fault. Snake in the corner? Trust me. Trust me. And then afterwards, when after the match, it only goes a couple of minutes, which is annoying. Um, because they do these promos where Randy Savage's promos is all right and Jake's is incredible. And then afterwards, yep. because Jake had laid his hands on uh, on Elizabeth, Randy Savage's promo is unbelievable. It's so emotional and so powerful. <laughs> We were all appalled by what took place following the match between the Macho Man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts. You heard the comments by Jake Roberts gloating over... Shut up! 
But Randy Savage, I'm just as upset over what took place out there as you are. The greatest Elizabeth. The greatest Elizabeth. You understand that? The greatest Elizabeth. Snake degraded her. Yeah. And I'll never forgive myself. It's the worst day of my life that I let him do that. You laid your hands on Elizabeth. You laid your hands on Elizabeth. It's my fault. It's my fault. Man, you told who said. You said something about hanging with you, show you the dark side. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. I'm gonna get you, man. Yeah, I'm gonna get you. And there ain't gonna be no stopping me, man. I'm gonna get you. You can trust me that I said that. You already got what you wanted here. You know, I didn't even get a piece of you. I didn't even get a piece of them. I blame myself. Man, I'm telling you. Touched Elizabeth, man. Touched Elizabeth. Unbelievable, man. That's it. It's over. It's over. No control, brother, man. I'm telling you right now, man. I'm going to get you, man. I'm going to get you here. Yeah. I'm begging right now. You made her beg, huh? You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you something right now. I'm going to get you. And I'm telling you something, man. I'm telling you, it ain't over. It ain't even started. You understand that? You understand that? I blame myself. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Get out of here. Obviously a very disturbed and vengeful Macho Man Randy Savage. When you sat there going, God, two grand, when these two actually finally get it on, it's going to be amazing. And of course, it just doesn't bloody happen. <laughs> about the importance of promos in turning a wrestler from a face to a heel and vice versa because mm. one that sticks out in my mind was uh, Undertaker's where he's being interviewed by JR and uh, this was like after Survivor Series 2001 and uh, this was when Vince was doing the whole kiss my ass oh, club thing Thank you for reminding and Taker's in the ring with Vince and JR and he says to JR, you know, are you going to kiss his ass? And, and Taker says, uh, no, JR says no. And Taker says, no. is that because you're better than me? Mm. You know, is that because you're better than me? And it's just like that instant switch. Done. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Are there any that stand out to you as being uh, promos that stood out as a, as a heel face turn? Vice versa. I've got one that's, <laughs> I've got one that's the other way around. I've got one that made you feel sympathy for, for the person. And then you Go just you just then they absolutely crushed your dreams with it. Do you remember? Um, God, if I get if I say a year, you know the people go. I think you'll find me that actually it was this year and not last year. Um, do you remember Mark Henry's retirement speech? Because in Vaguely. terms of pure emotion, in terms of suckering, oh, wait, you yeah, in, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that was. I mean, I've never been a Mark Henry fan ever, and I've never been a like this guy's really, really great. But holy shit, that did the fucking stuff, didn't it? I mean, he talked about his family. He talks about he talks about his little girl and saying that you know my little I can't remember his girl's name. Doesn't uh, he says you know my, my little girl who cries when I when I leave home to come to work and you know I'm gonna Daddy, daddy's coming home and that sort of thing. You're like oh my god this is so good and it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse to get to Cena. It was fucking golden. Um, I'm I'm struggling because I'm an idiot of of 
turns, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, that's that's one that, I've, that, that, that just popped into my head for... Because you go like, yeah, this guy's a bad guy. But, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll cheer him for, for this because he's... Because he's actually retiring, for goodness sake. But then it was all... Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me ask you this one, then. Um, the importances of mouthpiece uh, managers. Oh, and God. how managers can be a vocal piece for performers. Well, I mean, just look at loving Paul Heyman these days. He's the, he's the one shining, shining yeah. example of someone... Brock Lesnar never asked to talk, ever. Or whoever his charges are. Oh, Roman Reigns at the moment, he can do the talking for himself. But I, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm one of these people that, you know, I'm the age where I grew up with wrestling managers. I grew up with the great wrestling manager, Bobby Heenan, for example, is one of you who just yeah. could get anyone, apart from maybe Terry Taylor, but we could get anyone over. If you're with if you're with Bobby Heenan, then you know, you're default, you, everyone knows you're a bad guy. And yeah, you, you're going to be a successful one at that. Um, I, I really believe that if you can't cut a promo, having a manager is a really, really useful thing to do. And of course, the other yeah. thing, it makes it makes it makes having a manager when you're a heel because you don't fucking need one. You're in your face, but when you're a heel, it gives you so many more options to cheat. How to cheat in a match? At the end of the day, you're a bad guy. You're yeah. allowed to cheat. If you got a manager, fucking take advantage of them because that way, yeah. that way you both get heat. You know, that yeah. I, I would have won, but your manager trip me up or something like that everyone wins that way and if they're a good promo then it just makes it all the better doesn't it I mean like I say you could listen to Bobby Heeman yeah, the, uh, his ice cream and horse manure one for Ric Flair when he was coming in and for example is one of the absolutely superb promo made Ric Flair seem like an absolute superstar before he was ever on the screen for example, yeah, you know, that's that's the stuff. If you remember his ones with the, um, <laughs> they make me giggle so much. The uh, the one at the, it's Royal Rumble '93, so it's the Lex Luger ones. So where the narcissist, oh, yeah. where the narcissist is being introduced, and Bobby Heenan yeah. just goes to town about. Every fucking muscle that you can see on Lex's body, and it's not the one he's like standing in the mirror, mm. and Heenan's just walking around mm. him and sort of just naming a bit. Yeah, amazing, yeah. A- amazing. No, seriously, memorable stuff. Absolutely love that stuff. So yeah, if if you if you can't talk, having a manager, I don't understand why they phase them out. Other than, the only thing I think of is to cut costs. But yeah, I, no. I, I like a manager in wrestling. I, I really do think it's one of those things that it's it's such a loss. It's one of the things I always wanted to do as well. I always, I've, you know, I learned very early on in my backyard in days that I'm not actually a very good wrestler, but I can talk. And I always thought if I can't do the commentator gig, then I could be a manager because I always, I just, I love, I love the thought of being able to rile up a crowd um, so much that they want to see me get hurt. And then being pre- willingly prepared to take that big bump, and you know, knowing Cornette, knowing right, kn- knowing that you're going to get that massive pop for it when oh, yeah. Sir Arthur Hayes, as my character was, you know, gets that fucking big choke slam, for example, you know, the place goes fucking berserk, and whoever's doing the choke slam to Sir Arthur Hayes comes out like a fucking hero, and everyone's happy. You make a great point. Cornette's a great, a great example of that, or Paul Heyman, yeah. or someone like that. Very meaningful when they are when they're done right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Look the, at Paul. Sorry, I just said Paul Bearer. Paul, but I don't remember Paul Bearer getting bumped. No, and, they, well, until not bumped, but they all um, pull the trigger coffin thing with the cement. Oh, God, in two thousand and four, yeah. the Dudleys. But, 
as a manager, mm-hmm. um, Paul Bearer was, was perfect. Oh, gosh, yeah. Taker that he did that thing against him. I, I, lo- I loved it when he turned on Taker in 96 and yeah. side with Mankind. Fantastic. Yeah. Such a shocking yeah. thing. That was fucking great. Added a really good element to uh, Mankind's character as well. Definitely. Excuse me. Definitely. Going back to vignettes, um, Triple H's I Am The Game one is one that stands well, out. Well, I was, I, was, I was thinking when you were saying about um, promos that have turned someone, someone's character out, I thought there was two that I was thinking of. The, the Triple H is one of them, and the uh, the Three Faces of Foley one that they did. Um, where well, they talked, where yeah. they talked about yeah, where because that's where Dude Love came from, and they showed things like that. Mm. That yeah, that that is that that what that does is that takes a character, the one the Mick Foley one for example, it humanizes a character. They did the same sort of thing with Gold Dust, if I remember rightly, where they where they had they had Terry Runnels there, and they had um, oh god, they had Dakota because I really desperately knew Harvey. Their their daughter was there, and that humanizes them. So you can take a character like Mankind and you know, essentially tell Mick Foley's story. The Triple H one, this is about Madison Square Garden and all that. One. <laughs> I am the effing game. Yeah. That one. That was yeah. that wasn't an episode of Heat, if I remember rightly, as well. It wasn't on Raw. Yes, like yeah. again, he it got the character right. Exactly. You know, even as a heel, it still it it worked for him. And you were like, yeah, this guy's a dick. But um, the name you mentioned a few minutes ago was Ric Flair, and some of my favourite promos are the ones from the uh, NWA back in the eighties. You know, the Flair one, the Horseman, even LOD. Um, Sting, when he first came in and he had this, you know, such um, energy to him, even in promos. Okay, his promos were all, you know, happy. Down, but, I mean, we can talk now about the, the spin the wheel one if you want, about WCW's vignettes and everything. But I think the, the 80s pro... I just really want you to do the impression again. It's just it's just funny. But the... Uh, <laughs> but the um, yeah, the NWA promos in the, in the 80s, I think, focused around the... The match itself and the, the, the why I'm I'm in it, why I deserve to be in it. So Flair, you know, why he's the best, and then you got the pros from, you know, the Horsemen and everything like that. All great, all great. I, I you know, I enjoyed those to the point where it was, uh, you know, you don't skip through them. You know, you're watching an interview show. It's just like you know, yeah, right. It meant something. And I think that's what it's missing now. I don't think back then. Hmm. What were you going to say? Just how often you keep disappearing now for some reason. <laughs> My favourite Flair one um, is the one after he's won the... You can cut all that out. This <laughs> makes me laugh. It makes me chill. <laughs> Talk about your, your box just turns grey for reasons. Like, it's good, there you I bet you're loving this on Spotify. Why? What are you on about? Um, yeah, my favourite Flair one, or the one that always comes to mind, is, is the... Um, is the one after he's won the Rumble in 92. You know, the tear in my eye promo. Because that, once again, we go back to what we started to talk about at the very start of this. He doesn't he isn't just saying that he's the best because he's won. No, he puts over the WF Championship. He says, this, yeah. this is the prize. You know, that's yeah. brilliant. And fucking Vince hated it. Says you just, you're just taking two steps forward, one step back. Or one step forward, two steps back sort of thing. And it's, oh, yeah. it's one of those times where Vince's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I love that promo so much. Put that yeah. cigarette out. It's, it's, yeah. it's just golden. Flowers, you know, the, the classic talker. The, you know, all, all his promos are just were back in the 80s, especially just brilliant. Absolute golden. Absolutely. Must see all of them are. Mm. It's, even, even if a lot of the content was similar, 
he always delivered it well enough that you would sit there and and, and watch it and enjoy it whilst whilst you know every single time he did it. You mentioned Vince McMahon. Gosh, it's probably where where do you start with Vince? Because he can say what he wants. He is yeah. He literally he can say what he wants. Yeah. yeah there's no come. Well, there's unless he really goes too far. There's you know there's very little thing, but their life sucks. Then you die. I mean, Jesus Christ, that promo is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the one that stands out to me. There's two for Vince. The the one after Survivor Series, where it's a time honored tradition. Yeah, well, the the screw Brett screw Brett one. Yeah, because he didn't realize he was creating such a character in himself then, without trying to create a character. Yeah, that makes sense. Was, I think he was. He expected to come out of that one looking like a babyface. Yeah, and it made everyone hate him. Yeah, he created one of, if not the best heel characters ever, entirely by accident. What happened? That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because it, what's that? It wasn't an entirely scripted promo. How weird. How interesting that is. <laughs> yeah, makes you think. Yeah. Just you know, does he bit. show that footage now to the people who are there in, in the roster and say, look, make it like this, guys? Jesus fucking Christ. I bet like, they don't know. The other one that stands out for me is the one where he says, life sucks and then you yeah, die. I, I, just that moment said that one. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, one, of the ones, one of the ones that came up, uh, I thought first thought of, do you remember One Night Stand 2005, the first ECW reunion show? The, the, the payment that promo cuts. That sh- that shoot promo that Heyman does is wonderful, and it's really like, Robin, the only reason you yeah, yeah addresses addresses, yeah, addresses JBL. The only reason you're a champion for years because Triple H doesn't want to work Tuesdays. One of those. Oh, oh, what a fucking line that was! That was incredible. So good. Didn't get anyone over, and it was just for his own entertainment, to be honest, wasn't it? But at the same yeah. time, fuck me, watching that, yeah, the crowd yeah, absolutely loved it. Oh, did you know? I yeah. had, and it's I, so true. I didn't watch that show live. I think I said that on my review at the time. Didn't watch that show live. Chose, chose not to watch it because I, I I've always said I'm a massively overrated as ECW. So fuck it. Yeah, regret that decision straight away, didn't I? But you know, gone again. Fucking technology. For the promos, mm. um, and it's let's defend ECW website. We'll, there will, we'll have there that will down the line, line but... we'll have to have Extreme Dave on it because it's just you, know, you do, like I say, I've had on one episode recently, it's, it's just gonna be YouTube going, Well, ECW did this and this and that, and they are, I'm just like going, Nope, overrated shite, but you know, that's one of what, what about Dusty Rhodes, baby, and his hard times promo, yeah, you know, such charisma. Such, yeah. He used to get the every man you know on his side, and he's very amazing. You know, it's leading up to a promo. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's leading up to a match against Ric Flair, who is the you know the rich guy. So it's 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 the every man promo. Oh, just heaven! It's so so good. To yeah. to this day, it's still yep yep. Well, Hard time. I, I yeah. want I want yeah. to see that match. Love it. Um, one of I was gonna say hold. His Hall of Fame induction um, when Dusty came on, and he gave credit to everybody else. He basically used the hour to pick out people in it who deserved to, you know, be recognised. And I think that he had so charismatic, and his his um, 
charisma in his promo matched how he was in the ring as well. Mm. Definitely. You know, Flair in his promos, he'd sell like his, um, you know, his lifestyle and, you know, the suits he wore and the watches and everything else. And, you know, they'll in the ring, you know, as part of his character. It worked for his. So the same thing with Dusty. When Dusty was, you know, flamboyant and talking, you know, being charismatic in his promo, he then reflected that by how he performed in the ring. I love it when that happens. We, and Austin as well, you know, when Austin says he's going to beat someone up, he goes and does it. Mm. You one know, of the things that makes that makes getting the character over. One of the things that makes for a truly great wrestler is, in my opinion, if if it's, it's why Triple H was always so good. In my opinion, Triple H would say, "I'm this Sunday, yeah. this Sunday at Armageddon, I'm going to kick your ass and take your championship." And lo and behold, that's exactly what yeah. it did. So you can because people don't like losers, believe it or not. So people get behind winners. So when people when a wrestler says that's what he's going to do, and then he backs up that claim, heel or face, people will get behind him. Or her. I think one one of the ways you mentioned about not liking losers, mm. and the one that just popped into my head right then was uh, God bless him, Kurt Angle. Oh yeah. Um, for promos, the one that or vignettes, the one that comes to mind is the cowboy hat. <laughs> Fucking hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you know it, you got Austin and Vince there, and they've got the really good ones, and then you've got Angle, but it still got him over. Is it, at his ex, at his own expense? It got him yeah, over. He wasn't ashamed. Afra- he wasn't great. afraid. Sorry, not ashamed. He wasn't afraid to take the piss out of himself, and that is no. That is fantastic. He said that. No. So you've just mentioned that. Some of the things he said on his Hall of Fame speech, wasn't it? It's like, don't be afraid to just absolutely take the Mickey because you'll create moments. You create memorable things. And at the end of the day, I tell you something. I bet. I bet Kurt Angle is remembered just as much for those. Um, those promos where he was playing guitar wearing a silly hat for all than for uh, he's just as mem- remembered for those as for the fucking bumps he took and which one took, yeah. which one doesn't hurt to wearing a fucking no. cowboy hat you know that, that's fucking smart that is yeah yeah I think we should wrap this one up there, boss, because we have waffled on for a very, very long time. We really have, yeah. But the spot—it's it's almost but, like you could cut a promo in that time. <laughs> Yeah, I used to do fucking long promos, didn't I? One that was one of my one of my things. I could I could do a promo that was always too fucking long. But I just at the end of the day when we do backyard, it didn't fucking matter, did it? No one says we might do a two minute promo. It's one of those we've got half an no. hour to kill. No one else has done a fucking promo. I'm gonna talk for six minutes. Fuck it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have missed. It's all right, yeah, I'm not afraid to admit that. Come on, we have probably missed a billion great promos. There's so many that we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about Randy Savage's cup of coffee in the big time year, for example. You know, to name one. I'm sure there are tons, tons and tons and tons that we haven't talked about. Tell us, please tell us in the comments, what is your favourite ever promo? And if you want to, you can tell us why. And we'd really appreciate that. We read all the comments, every single one, and I reply to quite a few of them as well. This has been another episode of Screwdrive with a Tist. Tist? God, I was doing so well, wasn't I? Yeah, please let us know what your promo, your favourite promo, your favourite vignettes. Let us know down below. You can go and follow him if you like on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Mark Pearson Wrestling Reviews on Facebook. Mark Pearson 101 on Instagram. All the good stuff, really. Thank you so much for watching us. Waffle on for, what, at least an hour or something like that. Take it easy, guys. Gosh, I need a week so much again. I can't believe... Oh, you did it like this. (laughs) Okay. <laughs>